Welcome to Michigan Ice Guys, podcasting to help you fish hard water better. Hey guys, it's Chaz and the MI Ice Guys are back. We have resolved our technical issues and are able to record again. So uh, Steph's on with me and hopefully some of the other guys are going to jump on. Uh, hopefully they're just looking at their phones going, hey, it's time to record. But uh, anyway, Steph and I have been uh, in contact all day because all this sunshine. Oh, my gosh. What's going on with it in 40-degree weather? <laughs> but thankfully, it's like 14 degrees at night, which is a good thing. Yes. Very good. Now, I went down to uh, Reed's Lake uh, after an appointment I had today right around lunchtime, and there were about five guys out there on the ice, a couple of shacks, uh, a couple of guys just setting open. Good. I walked out on the ice a little ways. I was just in my shoes because I had to come back and do the work thing. But anyway, the uh, the ice, it's plenty firm. Uh, there's just a little bit of slushiness on top, you know, maybe a quarter inch, half inch of it. So I don't think there's anything to worry about this week, guys. I'd get your butts out on the ice, get take advantage while it's here because pretty soon you're going to be, uh, you know, raking the yard and doing all those things that are nowhere near as fun as ice fishing. Yeah, just use that ice for as long as we have it. Did you check any places this weekend, stuff? I went up and scouted the lake with Chad up in uh, Gladwin uh, up by Sugar Mills. Sugar Springs, that's what it's called. Lancer Lake, I believe it's called. He was, he has a guide trip up there today. So we went up there and went all around the lake, checking, and we found some nice size gills, some eight, nine inches, and got on them, and we marked some spots. So he has a good spot to take him to today. So we had a little fun up there, but it's, golly, that's about three-hour drive from here. Yeah. and uh, <laughs> It's a little much, hike. How much ice did you have up there? Uh, over a foot. We took the quad out, but it was like, man, you could drive a truck on this ice. <laughs> yeah. It was like, it was real good ice. And then the wind started picking up and just, if you did about 26 miles an hour with the wind, it was a perfectly calm day <laughs> on the quad. You turn around and head into it. Holy cow. But it was a warm wind. It was 28 degrees out. So it was warm. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Reed's like somebody had cut a hole fairly near the uh, shoreline there. And mm -hmm. it still looked 12, 14 inches thick. So I don't think we have a real worry about losing the ice this week. Now, the forecast we were just looking at is got a scare of some rain coming uh, late in the weekend. Yeah, uh, and we're hoping that holds off uh, because uh, we've got a, a opportunity to take some scouts out fishing on Sunday. And uh, hopefully the weather will hold and we'll be able to get those uh, kids out there and teach them our passion. It's a really exciting thing that we look forward to every year. Mm -hmm. and uh, hope that everybody else does it in their kind, whether it's your kids or somebody else's, uh, invite them out fishing. It's it's a great thing to do. It's a fun so, time out there. One of the things that I did discuss with the Scoutmaster when I was talking to him last week was, uh, you know, yeah, how old do these kids got to get, get before we can teach them how to fillet the fish? And he was telling me about the fishing badge. Now, some of you guys that are listening probably uh, 
were Boy Scouts and probably got your fishing badge. And he said that there were certain things that were in it, identifying different portions of a fishing pole and the different components and identifying different species of fish and a few others. And he said that it used to be when he was a scout that you had to clean and cook a fish. And I'm like, right on. We should be able to do that as well because, uh, you know, we have quite the repertoire of recipes and, uh, you know, when Stefan, Chad and I get together, it ends up being, you know, quite a melee of fish. And we've actually gotten a pretty good system down of tag teaming it so that we can just pile through a a mound of fish creating flays and when we really get going we get stuff right over on the fryer to uh start baptizing them in oil just as fast as we can get them clean and uh, we're able to get quite a crowd fed that way it's uh it's quite the adventure now if you guys have not taken an opportunity on miiceguys.com We've posted some recipes out there. So if you're tired of just breading and frying fish, you have the opportunity to do some things like uh, pan sauteing. Uh, we've also uh, talked about a couple of baked fish dishes, some fish soup, uh, you know, real simple. It's, it's like a potato chowder that you make. And then you just use some uh, shrimp stock or fish stock if you have it uh, in place of water as you're making it and then right at the end drop those cleaned fillets right in and those will uh turn out just ever so delicately cooked now you know steph he's made a number of different uh fry batters over the years going from beer batters to just light dredges and things like that so we can always count on Steph stuff to uh, go to the pantry and fire up the little fry daddy mm-hmm. and get it going i know that his uh dad and mom are really a aficionados when steph gets the fryer going one little recipe i'm working on is some fish cakes you know everybody's had like a salmon patty well, i want to do like like a bluegill patty you yeah know, eggs and breadcrumbs and yeah that would work really well i think i think it would too and i was actually uh considering when we were talking about well right after we talked about it Maybe using coconut oil to fry them in just to give them a little more tropical flavor. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know uh, for the past few years, we've been tinkering a little bit with coconut oil. And it, 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 there's people out there telling you it's healthier for you. So if it don't taste bad, I'm willing to try it. If you like coconut. <laughs> if you like coconut. I like coconut. I even like coconut rum once in a while. It, it's, it's quite the good thing. But, yeah, we're looking forward to uh, another weekend fishing and seeing if we can get that uh, weather to cooperate with us and bring on the fish. We need to get a few more. We're the MI Ice Guys, and uh, we're talking hard water fishing in the Great Lakes State. We're going to be right back. Uh, just going to grab a quick beverage and come back and see what else we have to talk about. Hey guys, Jazz here from the MIIs guys. 
I want to talk to you about K&E stopper lures, especially the Scandia line of tungsten jigs. I've been having a great time fishing with these this year and last year. The new colors are awesome. Check them out. Get out there to your local sporting goods shop and look for that blue packaging with yellow text on it. Pick up a Scandia lure or 10. It's a whole lot of fun to fish with. They're bright, they're durable, and good stuff. Guys, we're back from the beverage break. I'm Chaz. Stuff. And, uh, hey, we're talking ice fishing because it is still ice season. Yes. Yes. Our favorite time of the year. Uh, Steph was just mentioning that he and Chad have been able to take the quad out. Like, It's like almost thick enough to drive a truck on. It probably is most people's trucks. My truck's a little bigger than average. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, anyway... There's still a lot of great ice out there, but that brings us into the talk. So what happens as we get into this freeze-thaw cycle? What's happening to the ice? What's happening to the fish? Now, uh, the bluegills that you guys were on, uh, you're telling me that they were uh, pretty much down around some deep grassy patches or uh, deep embedded weeds. That is a, a real common thing because those weeds are going to have some uh, pre-emergent food sources coming out, some grubs and things are going to start to hatch and come out there, things like the wigglers and some bloodworms coming out of the mud down around those deep weeds are going to be a very high, uh, high probability area for supporting the food chain on those things. Uh, Now, when you start talking about the perch, the perch are going to start moving from the sandy areas over maybe a little bit towards the mucky edges because they're going to be hunting those bloodworms as well. And it's always a challenge to find them, but using your electronics and uh, drilling a lot of holes, you're going to be able to get around out there. Now, crappie got to be one of uh steph and i's favorite things to be out there chasing on the ice is they start to go out into the basin and they're starting to get suspended in some big feeding schools because some of those real small bait fish are getting a little bit bigger and they're fattening up just like everything else starting to feed more getting on to their food sources with bait balls and those crappie can be found out in those basins schooling around. Now, Steph and I, over the years, have perfected the game of leapfrog, where we'll drill a hole and try and figure out where the school is moving and try and stay ahead of them. They're moving fast some days. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we've done the trick to swing the transducer, spin the transducer in the hole, see if you can figure out what direction they're going. Now, Steph, he can put the live scope down and get us a little bit better picture on it. But one of the things... Go ahead, Steph. (laughs) I'll know exactly where they are for that period of time, you know, and then you drill on them and they move again. Right. It's like, well, they're over that way, they're over this way. And, you know, sometimes you just got to... You drill a grid pattern. If you got a couple of your buddies with you, drill a grid pattern out. And then one guy there just, you know, was like the orchestra director... 
they're there. They're over there 30 feet. They're over yeah. that way 60 feet, you know. We found yeah. it very effective to have, like Steph said, player. And uh, it's really easy for him to run four, five, ten guys around on the ice watching one live scope. So not everybody needs a live scope. I know a lot of our friends would disagree with that because <laughs> they all want one. Uh, mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, I bought the side-by-side Scott, Steph has the, uh, boat and the, the live scope. So we work as a team whenever possible out on those, uh, finding those crappie. Once you find them, what are they going to hit on? Well, we found that actually some bright plastics, uh, tend to attract them in and bigger jigs because, as I mentioned before, that food source is starting to grow up a little bit, get a little bigger, and they're going to respond to something like that. And also fast moving, they're going to respond to a bigger target and maybe even a brighter target that's going to help them locate the food and hit. So it, it can be a challenge, but it can also be a great big bunch of fun to really get into some fairly aggressive on the move crappie and even the bluegill, those down deep bluegill that you might have to go a little bit deeper to go after them. And they might be setting on a, like Steph said, on a weed bed or the edge of some other structure that's down there. Uh, I know that uh, one lake that we go to pine Lake up North has some cribs in it. And this time of the year is an excellent time to get around those cribs because there's a lot of bait fish that are doing their early spawning because it seems like they spawn and then they're the feed for the next group to spawn and the next group. And so as we're looking forward to the fishing in the spring, when we're going to see the bass spawning and the crappie spawning and then the gills, we know that the food sources that the different fish are following are going to be changing a little bit. And so crappie are on the move. Bluegill have moved down to those deep weed beds. It's it's just one of those things. And following the fish is the big game. I mean, how did you guys find them? Did you guys just hunt a bunch of spots or did you start doing some live scoping? Uh, we started with the live scope and just started live scoping by the community hole or what we thought would be the community hole where you saw the most activity. And... So we saw some there in some different areas, drop some point, points down on the machine. And then we went over and we're like. Just moving more on it. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. Well, I'll tell you another thing that uh, we've got to be very cognizant of as this late season uh, approaches is you know those ice conditions and yeah in a lot of parts of the state we're only going to have maybe a week or two left here to get out and really participate the tricks and how do you know well uh the first thing you're going to see going is the edges and as we talked in our uh, last one and a couple of previous when you get the rainstorms, that's going to rinse a lot of stuff off the yards and the parking lots, especially parking lots. Down in, in the ramps and a lot of the access areas that we get on at. And losing the edges can be a, a dangerous way of getting over on it. 
Now there is a number of us old schoolers that will take a two by six or a, you know a two by ten if we got big feet and use that to get across the gap. Uh, I've seen some lakes where they put a pallet out there. And uh, we even actually saw that in the worlds. I believe we were in Latvia when we saw that. And they put down pallets to help us get across some of that shore ice. And that was not really, really that conducive or maybe a little wet to get us out on to safe ice. And then, you know, then you can buy a few more days out there with the thick ice pack until it gets to be too far for that board to reach. Now, when you're getting out there and uh, other days, if you get a whole lot of rain, it can really deteriorate the ice and the uh, ice gets a, a real mottled look to it. And when you set your auger to it, if you're not getting clean shavings, if you're getting big hunks of ice, I mean, sometimes the hunks of ice is the size of quarters coming out. You remember those uh, hunks that we had in Ukraine stuff coming out of that uh that reservoir we were in, how bad that ice was. Oh, he had to step away. But anyway, uh, just the size of quarters, they were bouncing right out of there. And it was just junk ice. And it was only mere days, and the ice was gone. So you want to watch for that. And as uh, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, bringing the spud back out. You know, get it back out of the garage. I know you put it away because the ice was thick enough to drive trucks on. But, hey, it's late season, and it's better to be safe than wet uh, getting out there. Uh, also, it's a good reminder to get out your dry clothes bucket because you get wet, you want to get out of those wet clothes really fast. I don't care if it's a floating suit. I don't care if it's a 40-degree day. You can still get hypothermia. So getting out of those, pulling on a pair of sweatpants, sweatshirt, maybe some socks, and getting back in the truck and running the heater. Head for home. Call it a day. It's not worth dying over for a few fish. Well, we're the MI Ice guys. We're going to take another quick break uh, while Steph figures out his connection issue. And remember, it's great when there's ice but when it falls apart be safe i'm Chaz. hold on we'll be right back guys when you're out on the ice you protect your eyes liam i ice guys have partnered with costa del mar sunglasses made in america made by hand the thinnest glass technology for sunglasses 100 percent uv protection we love our costas so much we took them to finland to the world's they allowed us to see where other people had been drilling before, protected our eyes in the blowing snow, and kept us looking good on the ice. Made in America, Costa Del Mar sunglasses. Get them online, get them at a local retailer near you. Remember, tell them the MI Ice Guys sent you and you need the best. Hey guys, we're the MI Ice Guys and a very special treat tonight. We convinced Keith to uh, jump on from his truck. He's just walked off the ice, and uh, Keith, how many did you get tonight? Uh, we actually pulled a three-man limit tonight. Um, had to chase him around a little bit. Took us about an hour and a half to find him on the live scope, get a good pod, and man, did we have fun. We uh, caught some big crappies, landed one. We were catching a lot of small gills out of nowhere. 
buddy of mine got a gill that we've yet to put it on tape, but he might touch 11 inches as a true gill. One of them random unicorn fish. So, um, other than that, yeah, we, we had a, had a good night and, uh, had some fun beating on some crappies. Well, that's just awesome. Now, uh, just before you were mentioning that, uh, you were pretty much on plastic tonight. Um, yeah, yeah, pretty much on plastic. We, uh, one buddy had, he was on Lake St. Clair last week, perch fishing, he had some minnows left over, <laughs> randomly had them in the trunk of his car, and uh, he goes, oh, we'll take them out, and we caught two on, two on minnows, but it's funny, it, a little tiny piece of plastic with a real small jig, they would hit that over anything else. I mean, you put a minnow in front of their face, we had one other bite on a minnow, and but it was it was like one inch piece of plastic and small jig and they gobble that right up. Cool, cool. Yeah, I'm hoping to get out this weekend. Now you guys are uh, with your uh, your panfish league. You guys got a championship coming up, don't you? Uh yeah. Saturday this Saturday, March fifth is our classic. Um, plan right now is to be on duck lake and gobles getting a little bit of that iffy weather um we'll see what happens um we should be able to make it on though the the nights look like they're gonna save us and we'll get our classic in and then actually we're talking right now about just the one last hurrah on sunday the sixth we're talking about doing an eight and eight tournament eight bluegills eight crappies on devil's lake uh manitou beach and everything holds out there be a little bit higher entry fee a little bit bigger payout um we're hoping to make that happen we we try to do one big eight and eight tournament with our our club anybody's open to fishing it and uh we'll see what happens well, that's just awesome, man. Um, yeah, it's great to hear that you were out on the ice tonight and and uh, kicking it. Um, hey, we got a late ad. Jake just jumped in, and uh, I, I, Jake, were you seeing some of those pictures that uh, Keith was sending us from the ice? You know, I don't even want to talk about it. He was literally on the phone with me when he said, "Oh, I have a," he said, "I have a dodo on." And then he's like, yep, this is over a pound. This is probably a pound and a quarter, maybe a pound and a half. And I said, I don't want to hear it anymore. I'm going to hang up. Or I'm going to take my car and drive straight to the fishing spot and not stop at the launch. <laughs> and then he sends me a picture of the giant crappie that he's catching. And I said, please delete me. Yeah. <laughs> and he, sent a, he sent us a picture, too. I might have to include that in the uh, description on the podcast this week uh that was awesome fish but uh yeah we were just getting a little wrap up from keith on how he's been fished now jake you've been doing some traveling yeah how, how, how's the fishing out west you know it's good um redstone's not known for the giants uh aaron and i went and uh fished a little bit of that um they sucked into the wood and they sucked into the brush piles and um, that's all fine and dandy when you have live scope, I can tell you that. Able to hunt I'd them take, right down, Maria? <laughs> Until no, it breaks. <clears throat> no, mine broke. 
Yep. Good thing there's a new model coming out. Did you guys find out any more about that? 35% better image clarity, 14-inch uh, uh, separation at 100 feet. So looking forward uh, to it. Yeah, you broke that thing on purpose so that Aaron won't think you're wasting money, right? That's correct. <laughs> I got to keep that up is... with uh, Keith's ability to read live scope now, so now I have to have the newer and better. Hey, I, I had a good Yeah, I, I think Keith. <laughs> wow. Wow. So where else have you been, Jake? You've been doing a lot of traveling. <clears throat> yeah. Um... Keith and I did channel in Antioch. That was fun. Um, Redstone. Got to scout Dutch Hollow uh, up at Redstone where they fished the championship, uh, Wisconsin championship. Um, we did Devil's Lake. Yeah, how was Devil's uh, Lake? That's right down there by Jackson. <clears throat> yeah, Devil's Lake was fun. Uh, that was a good turnout um, with teams. It was a nice event. Um Keith and I finished pretty well there, and uh, we got to pull some big fish, so that was fun. Now, what was your go-to down there? Well, they were kind of staged in uh, certain certain areas, and um, once you figured out kind of the pattern, right, uh, it was some weeds, some not weeds, and uh, it was all about time of day, so... Even though we found good spots, the spot was good at a certain time of day. So what we did is we actually went to these spots, caught fish. They weren't the right size. And then we turned around, left it, went to a different spot, and then came back later in the day and, and did pretty well. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Um, now, did you get to fish the Midwest Open? I did. Yep. I got to personally sit uh, about three feet and watch a clinic get put on by red ears so that was a that was a hoot i forget the last time we've talked on this <laughs> but, yeah it's uh, been a while since uh, you've been on and <clears throat> yeah we've we've done uh we've done well at uh devil's lake we took first uh midwest open we took sixth that was fun um keith had a hot Keith had the hot hand for uh, those red ears. They were just sitting there. I don't know if a lot of people know about red ear fishing, but when you get fish that think, oh, it is brutal sometimes. So um, luckily he had the hot hand and put him in a few good holes, and we worked well together. And uh, I think that story would have been a little bit different if our crappies were there in the morning. Yeah, I think it would have been a lot different. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think we were on uh, what, spot number eight, spot number nine in the Midwest Open. It was uh, nine forty-five, and we had three fish in a bucket. And they were three smirch. They weren't even good. Like tiny. Three, three, four-inch red ears. We were kind of weren't in panic mode yet, but was like, man, one of these spots has got to have fish on it. Yeah. Man, man, you might you might have been having to list the Uncle Byron's guff if that didn't come through for you. Well, I can tell you this: I've personally never seen it. This is my second Midwest Open. Keith's done quite a bit of them, um, but 
we might have been the only team to be driving at 7.59 at Lines in 8 o'clock, and we were hot on the throttle <laughs> going to our next spot. So everybody was sitting in their spots, and here we are driving across the lake like madmen. <laughs> so we're getting kind of known for that. Well, thank God for the Can Ams. Yes. They can haul ass. And they start uh, here, when it's cold. Yeah. Steph said he just got his tuned up and got the got it back from the dealership, so we're ready to rip. Nice. And mine's running great. Yours is running great. Let's let's we gotta get them out one more time. Yeah, no kidding. We gotta get Keith to get one. Yeah, that's I've already been talking about getting a can am. We've uh we had we had some trouble this year with Polaris a little bit, so there's some talk about getting a can am and switching it up a little bit they're a little bit more reliable i feel but i do gotta say you know i might have had the hot hand at wamplers but it wouldn't without jake it, it wouldn't have been a win on devils i struggled there it was one of them things that was like we worked and worked and worked and i just had one of them days where things just didn't go right i lost way too many fish and jake sat right there next to me and he was stroking away and like all right well at least one of us is catching them so that's what makes a good team event yep that's awesome that is really awesome and uh congratulations on the win uh that that's uh nice to take home some big wood yeah i mean that's why we do it right yeah it's for the wood that's for sure burn a lot of gas for the wood yeah that are uh, listening that haven't seen or heard before, the uh, traditional trophies in the NAIFC are uh, uh, big cookies out of a, a tree that somebody's cut, and they laser etch them, and they make a very, very beautiful uh, trophy. And I know uh, these guys have a fair collection of them, and so do a number of our other buddies. But they are a very treasured item. Steph and I have had the privilege of helping prepare them a couple of times. But uh, myself, I've, I haven't won one yet. Looking forward to that too soon. Uh, otherwise, I'm going to buy the laser etcher and make my own. <laughs> yep. But, uh, well, that's a great know report. Now, Jake, what do you got left on the radar? We're doing for the, upcoming. Uh, doing the Southern Michigan Panfish League which is on, uh, help me out, Keith. Oh, Duck Lake. Duck Lake. That's this weekend. Jake and I are fishing that together. Uh, so that, that's Duck Lake on Saturday. And then, like I said, ho- hopefully we'll be on Devil's Lake on Sunday as long as the ice holds out. So. I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, beyond that, we might be driving back north. north. Boat fishing. I did bring my boat home tonight, hence why I'm late. <laughs> it was at storage, heated storage. Now it's in the garage. I uh, had to kiss it a few times, you know, hug it, you know, had to you look in all the in. doors. I just, oh, it's back. I'm back. <laughs> all right. Walleye season begins soon. Yep. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, hopefully, uh, we'll get a few more weeks of ice, even if we got to drive a little further north. I think we will. And uh, yeah, for sure, a few more in. 
And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to it. My hand's doing better. I'm going to be back at it. Uh, it's been great having you guys on tonight. And uh, thanks again for the pictures, Keith. Yeah, no problem. I might be uh, uploading a couple of those to uh, share so that everybody gets a little taste of, uh, of the dream. <laughs> yep, go ahead. And uh, it's uh, good to have all you guys on. Yep. So we're going to wrap it up for this week and uh, be back with you for some uh, final wrap-up show probably. And uh, if not, maybe a couple more if the ice holds out. So guys, take advantage of it if you can. Be safe out there and pay mind to the conditions. Don't get wet. Be smart about it and know when it's time to switch to the boat. So I'm Chaz. I'm Seth. I'm Jake. And I'm Keith. We're in my ice, guys, and we love hard water fishing. <laughs>